Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. It is wonderful to be here with you uh, lovely illustrative women who have such incredible backgrounds and we get a chance to have a conversation um, to talk about who we are, opinions and experiences that we've had around community building and Web3 and then kind of the location specific. We'll get into a little bit of Alpha about Miami too. Um, So to kick it off, we'll do some intros. Um, My name is Michelle Abs, and I am the founder and CEO of Web3 Equity which is an educational company. And we recently launched like a staffing end of our business, really focused on getting more women into Web3 to make it gender equitable. Um, And we have a membership pass that represents access into our community that is named after, this is my favorite Jeopardy trivia fact, it's named after Julia Tuttle, who's the only um, female to have founded a major US city. So. Nice. Intros all around. <laughs> you could go ahead. Okay. Hi, uh, I'm Ada Wu. I'm the head of marketing at Maverick Protocol. Where at Maverick, we're building a novel dynamic, uh, dynamic distribution AMM, this automatic market maker that offers liquidity providers, traders, Dow treasuries, a new degree of freedom to achieve higher capital efficiency. So where uh, Maverick AMM actually, not like any other AMM, we help the LPs to move liquidity around the price natively and enable them with a customized liquidity distribution shape with auto compounding fees. I know this all sounds a little bit complicated and tacky, but uh, back to the, the, the end, at the end of the day, what we're trying to achieve is to pr- provide this new f- degree of freedom for DeFi market to achieve higher capital efficiency. Um, yes, and super excited to be here. I guess I'll hand the Mac to Laura. Thank you so much. My name is Laura Rodriguez, and I am the co-founder of the Miami Ape. We are a media consulting company focusing on community building. And also, I am the host of Spotlight and Latinos in Web3. It's a show that I host regularly in Twitter spaces and really uplifting not only the creators and builders in the Web3 space, but also focusing on minority groups to bring more equitable conversation and also to highlight all the talent that is already in Latin America. So that has been a lot of fun using, you know, the Spanish language and bringing that into the conversation. So um, I'm also part of the Board of Yelp Club Council, which has been an incredible experience and really active as the Miami Ape in the Miami community. So I'm thrilled to be here with both of you. And I know that it's going to be a very interesting conversation about community and everything within Web3 space. Love it. Awesome. And I, I think it'll really be a conversation, right? So we have questions for each other, we want to jump in, we want to, you know, snap it up. Like, a, we're going to give whatever vibes we can to each other and just uh, have a great um, three-way convo between all of us. I think what's interesting, even from our intros, is that we have, of course, either community services or products that we are all delivering in Web3, but that serve different, you know, end outcomes. And also probably from a different starting point. Um, So as you were describing, you know, what what you do, I started thinking a lot about, um, you know, I I work and I'm very focused on gender and like how gender differences show up. And in investing in particular, this has been a space where women haven't really created a ton of investment products or investment vehicles 
those institutions have been around for centuries, right? And and largely because women didn't have the same control over their finances until what, like the 70s when we could open a line of credit on our own. Um, those have been, you know, created and controlled um, by one gender. And so I'm really curious, like the product and, and how you're approaching what you're doing, how do you find it to be revolutionary? Like, how are you changing the game with what you're creating? Absolutely. Definitely a, quite a journey. So myself actually was coming from a traditional finance background. So I had my master in finance from NYU. And when I was working at this like small rate fund, I was like feeling uh, definitely moving forward and getting things down way slow as I expected. So at that time, I was looking for like opportunities and another industry where that intelligence and execution speak more than who you are. And that's when I found crypto, Web3. So actually, I started my journey like 2018 in Web3 and I really find this, this industry is really the innovative innovation speaks for itself. So at Maverick, it's the same. Uh, in, in our community, we really believe in like in building intelligent, building with intelligent innovative and intentional community. Um, while we're building like a sustainable forward-looking product, we also really keep in mind that Web3 is not just about uh, money technology, it's more about people. So that made my life here so I feel much more efficient and more exciting. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like you get to actually like really feel and connect with people in such a great way. So yeah, it's like tangibly taking those verbs that you said around community and culture and you get to experience them both in person with what you do and then of course through Twitter spaces and a lot of the projects you advise. What would you say is like the, um, how you describe the community that you've created and how you see that word? Like, so it's not just a word, it's not just intentional, <laughs> but like, how do you see that live out? Um, you know, my, my wheels were turning when you were speaking and, and it's because my background is in social work. So a lot of the times when people think, oh, you know, the opportunities that we have within this space, what gets me moving and what gets me kind of like, I'm so passionate about this is, is the opportunity to be more equitable. Like Michelle, you're so big on this, but also sharing, right? I, I feel like sharing our our values, sharing our knowledge, and then being able to play different hats. So I think part of being, you know, in a community, not only that I'm building, but a, that I'm an active part of is tapping into all those different resources. So I get to meet people that are experts in so many different fields. And I'm sitting there like, I feel like I'm getting a master's degree in <laughs> finance. And then another day is like in media and a different day is going to be like in a business and another day is in art. So I'm not only having fun, I'm meeting new people, which I think that as adults, sometimes we kind of forget. Yeah. And, and the reality is that our whole life, like you're in a school, so you have your friends from school and maybe you're doing extracurricular activities and so on and so forth until college. And then you go into the workforce and maybe you have the same colleagues forever. Um, so how do you create these new friendships and then through those friendships, then businesses and ideas. So I think this is why this space brings together so much and so much goodness in us because we're having fun. Then we're creating, you know, businesses and that we are bringing the different hats and roles that we could all play instead of just saying, well, you are in finance. Stay in your lane. You are a teacher. Stay in your lane. You know. 
like we get to truly say, hey, I'm so good at so, di- so many different things. And I got this. That's such a good point, too. And I think like, you know, it, all of a sudden being in Web3, because it's this emerging aspect of technology, it allows for more curiosity in a way. And I personally feel this where like, yeah, you start talking about market making and I'm like, mm, I don't really understand market making, but I could ask you that. And it's right. Okay. It's, okay. And yes. it's okay and it's welcomed. Yeah. Yeah. The curiosity is encouraged. That's really be- beautiful of this industry. And do so you think we'll always have that? Like, how do we keep that? Or do you think that is because it is new and we're, and we're also maybe saying we have some of these things figured out, but we don't have everything figured out and it needs to be better. I think we're kind of good at, at naming our flaws in a way that allows us to do that. But I do wonder, I'm like, is this just because we're in this sort of inception moment or do we think this like can that element of our culture mm-hmm. can stand the test of time? I hope so. I mean, I hope so. But the reality is because we're creating it from scratch, right? So we're very well aware of like, this is not working and we're not going <laughs> to achieve mass adoption by doing what we're doing. And even though, you know, a select few are having such a great time and are loving the technology, it's like, how do we translate this to a regular consumer? And if we don't do that, then we're never going to get there. So it's not enough by saying we love our community and we have all these great relationships. That's good. And we could highlight that, but it's more us to how do we continue to educate and teach the regular people that haven't found out what this is? Because at some point we didn't know about this. So, you know, as a new emerging technology, how do we make it more accessible for someone that doesn't have, I don't know, five days to learn about Web3, right? And until we get there, then I think we're just not going to get, you know, all the best minds to say, hey, we're going to resolve this. So the more people that are interested in learning, I feel like the better we're going to be in the long term. But I truly hope that at least the curiosity and us feeling comfortable asking the hard questions that in a traditional world is front upon. It's like, oh, you should have read that in your textbook. There's no textbook right now. So right now when we ask, oh, I'm not really sure what you mean, people are more open to it. So hopefully as humans, we realize that it doesn't make me any better if I know a terminology that you don't know. And if you know it, share it. I'm not going to take away your job because of that. Yeah. And I want to add one thing. It's like from the marketer perspective, like when we're in the old, well, no, like in the web to marketing world, it's more like a product and it's a user are not in the same team. Like we're paying to acquire users. Why are we in web three where we really have a product builders, investors, and the users all like economical, interesting, aligned and together with this ecosystem. So somehow we're all aligned interests of either through tokenomics or the real value of the product they convey. So kind of giving us this view to see different perspective and to be more forgiven and more open to uh, different, I guess, ideas or questions. Yeah. 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 I see that too. And I, you know, especially in working with folks who who don't have technological backgrounds, who are Mm non-traditionally like early adopters in spaces and trying to bring them on early, right? I see a lot of this curiosity and then a lot of having to make sure that they understand philosophically what this is, as well as the actual steps to, you know, take whatever those steps are Mm -hmm. to to own, you know, whether it's currency and and do their own investing and trading or simply a utility backed token and understanding what that means. Either way, though, incentives are aligned to your point. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And I think there's something, you know, special about that. But then, I don't know, sometimes the underbelly of that, I wonder as we see places like, you know, open sea and as we look at like royalties and what has happened and, 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 you know, one of the core tenets of Web3 that we talk a lot about is decentralization, but sometimes decentralization like doesn't totally work, right? It's, it's, there is a reason why centralized systems exist. In some places, they're they're more effective, right, and more efficient. Absolutely. <laughs> and and yeah, I'm curious, like especially in finance, and then when we think about like community. If we think it is a better, somewhat centralized model, a decentralized model, like. Uh, yeah, I would say like like and it, one beauty of DeFi is everything's on chain, everything's transparent. But we also see like not all the DAO uh, organizations are very effectively operating. So we're still definitely exploring the best way and most effective way to structure a DAO that we can make sure everything's transparent, but everything is getting down. Uh, that's also we're exploring at Maverick. Yeah. And for me, when when we speak about decentralization, it's important to remember that it's not going to work for everyone. And we're going to have people that because of their life experiences or their parents or their relatives, they're going to say, wait, what? I could, you know, be the owner of my own money and I don't have to put it in a bank. Like banks have a history because I don't know, my great grandpa suffered this or myself or my parents. So all of a sudden they're the ones that are going to be the early adopters. So this is why you see so many people in Latin America using crypto. Because banks have had history, you know, people have lost it all. So they're the ones that saying, oh, we have coins that we could hold in our own personal wallets. But if you show this to someone that they have never experienced this, guess what? They don't want that. They don't have a need and they're not scared that a bank is just going to close off and say like, hey, you have no funds anymore. So and, and that's just like a really basic example. But to me, it's important to realize that if there is a problem to be solved, then people are more willing to say, yes, I'm going to experiment and I'm going to go ahead and decentralization is the change, right, that we need. But for someone that has never been an issue, it's going to be a conversation of why should I want all this responsibility when if my credit card gets stolen, I call my bank and I'm like, I'm so sorry, I dropped my credit card. Oh, no worries. Like, we'll do an investigation and we'll refund you the $5,000. That's so much easier. So I think there has to be room for both in order for it to work, because if we just try to, like, push one way or the highway, I think people are just going to be more skeptical as to why do we need, you know, this. Yeah, and definitely to echo that, we previously talked about incentives in Web3, which is a beautiful and powerful world, but it could also be dangerous because mm -hmm. incentives could encourage short-term activities, which could be the other side of the coin. Um, so to, to agree with the previous point is at the end of the day is what problem your product is solving. What's real value, a solution you bring to those world, either it's from NFT or DeFi. It's like, is that the banking or is that self-custody or is, for example, loyalty give the artist to more um, interest of their their own work. Mm -hmm. I I'm really curious because yeah we have we've covered a lot of ground in terms of like you know some of these higher level thoughts then also some of the like personal and professional things that might impact why people get into Web three and why they stay in it. I'm curious for for both of you like what brought you in slash keeps you and I'm gonna give you three choices okay so <laughs> one is like your personal history and actually what made me think about this is when you were saying you know different people's experiences so I, I was talking to someone who grew up in Brazil 
and vividly remembers the day that the government like seized all of their funds for again in inflation. They were you know I get goosebumps for inflation period. So they're very drawn to crypto and and DeFi because they don't believe in centralized governments you know access to mm -hmm. funds. So whether you know maybe you're in this because of personal experience, like a personal drive. Or if it's professional, it's like, no, like, you know, I, I actually believe in on-chain um, supply chain tracking or, you know, like I've, I've really seen the way that that can revolutionize or, you know, in your case, like this market making and these protocols, you know, that lead to that. Um, or maybe if it's location, like we haven't talked much about this, but I think, you know, both of us being from Miami and of course, New York, which has been the financial center of the world for, you know, quite a while, location can also impact why you get started and why you stay. So personal, professional, or location, <laughs> multiple choice. Oh, you want to try first? Go for it. Um, I would say my answer would be like between first and second. So for me, I'm always a big fan of like innovation. What can we do new and different from the past? And I feel the Web 3s have this such an interesting, an open environment to make like new ideas thriving. And especially like we not just by doing things myself, we have a collective of expertise, an engineer, finance, maybe governance and um, marketing all come together to push forward. And that things make me feel like always fused with energy. So I feel like, I guess it's personal. So I feel, I feel always refreshed and passionate in this, uh, this community. Absolutely. Yeah, you're definitely multiple choice A. I think. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. <laughs> I was thinking of my answer. I'm like multiple choice, this multiple choice, but it's definitely personal. I, the more that I realize, I'm really, I'm very career driven, and I've always have been. Like I like work, but I realized that I like more, like I don't know, like my quality of life. And and the reason I say this is because if it wasn't personal, then my heart wouldn't be in it. I'm more than just passionate about it particular career, I've been always passionate about ways that I could impact others. And that moves me to like work faster. And, and I'm always motivated by like learning new things. I've always been motivated about like challenging myself and not fitting in a box. It's like I've worked with like artists and I and I would do like event planning and then I went on tour with Pitbull and then <laughs> I did I would do all the award shows in Miami and that was like my really fun career path. And yet I was doing my social work career, working with nonprofits and working at the University of Miami and doing all these things. And people are like, wait, but you can do both. Like you're this. And I was like, yeah, but I get, like I, I was like, I am both. I am I'm both everything. and I love them equally. And if I have at some point a better opportunity elsewhere, then, then I'm going to take it. So to me, it's like, even though there's a career being built, is the opportunity that I saw into bringing so many different sets of skills that I have gathered through me being curious and wanting to, you know, to experiment. And I'm like, I only have one life, like, and I have to pick one role to do forever. I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and the web through space then showed me that we could only, we could not only have fun and then build a community, but then also support like artists. And, and to me, like working so dear, like close with artists, I realized how like sometimes it was only a few companies picking and choosing who gets to make it. You know, what type of look do they want? What type of sound do they want? It doesn't matter what 
the consumer wanted. And here now it's like, oh, wow, the consumer gets to have a choice eventually. And we don't really know how music and NFT is going to go long term. But at least there's an opportunity there to be explored. There is an opportunity to say if you have, I don't know, a thousand true fans. Now there is a path for you to at least maybe make your first single. And before, I think it was more challenging. So to me, that and then bringing, you know, the opportunities with like Latin American community and and not being left behind, regardless of your background, regardless of, you know, what your parents or grandparents did. I think that opportunity focus is very like the nonprofit side of things. So, yeah. And we're going to go to the Latin Grammys together next year. So, Heck yeah. That's um, awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we'll still have to get him to do his NFT collection. Um, I think for me, too, it's equity, right? And I think the word equity is really important to define. So equity def- understands that people have different starting points based on who they are in this world. That essentially life doesn't give everyone the exact same opportunities Um, people have different lived experiences Mm -hmm. based on their gender, based on their skin color, based on where they live, based on their abilities, based on their access to healthcare, you know, whatever those things are. So equity acknowledges that people have different starting points and it gives different resources to those people. We haven't really seen a world where we've been able to like push towards equity very quickly because we're fighting like you know, centuries of bias and and things that are baked into systems that make things unfair. And to me, why I'm drawn to this is I feel like it's early enough that if we start with a concerted effort for Web3 to be a solution, like maybe we don't start with as big of a problem as we are trying to unwind in some of the other, um, you know, industries and, 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 you know, education, finance, whatever that may be. But also it's it's location because I think there's something so special about Miami where Miami, I've been in Miami for 17 years and in entrepreneurship and tech for the past eight years. And we've been wanting to be taken seriously for a while. Yeah. And it's always been seen as like, oh, it's this play play, you know, town. And and, and then all of a sudden as, as more capital and more entrepreneurs started coming to Miami and there was this cohesion around a web three tech community that has definitely become part of my reason. Cause it feels like this is the thing we can be right. Boston is sort of the medical center. New York is like financial capital. Austin, maybe music capital, if you will. Miami can be web three like that. That is becoming part of our identity. And I think that's such a cool opportunity. So the pandemic really pushed Miami forward. I, I, I feel like, with all the moves that we had, I think little by little more businesses came into Miami and then having the support of so many leaders in in Miami saying, yes, I'm going to take this serious and I'm going to put it at the front of priority um, really builds that community and also, you know, gets business going and gets, you know, gets us excited about it. I feel that, you know, Michelle, you do such amazing events on a monthly basis, educating the Miami community. And to me, if you're feeling down one day and you're like, oh, I don't know about the market, you go to one of these events and it's like, okay, this makes sense. These are real people. This is not just my internet friends, right? Like we we live in a very digital world, but I think having that in-person reassurance and value added, just like 
sometimes like you just need it, right? We need the human connection. So thank you for that. Definitely. Well, thank you for that. Nita, we got to get you down to Miami soon. Absolutely. Okay, yes. uh, <laughs> On the beach. You're going to teach us about market making. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the topic. Um, anything else before we go head out and enjoy the rest of our time here at Consensus? Uh, yeah, I think I have a great day and excited to be here. Uh, I think Austin definitely a beautiful city and great to have to be in Miami next. Definitely. Yeah. Thank great. you so much. Oh yeah, thank you so much. Perfect. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by GritDaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at GritDaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends. Head into your local Safeway for great spring savings throughout the store. This week at Safeway, get yellow peaches or nectarines for the member price of $1.88 per pound. Also this week at Safeway, value packs of Signature Farms chicken drumsticks, thighs, leg quarters, or picnic packs are buy one, get one free. Plus, get value packs of USDA Choice Boneless Beef Top Sirloin Steak for the member price of $4.99 per pound. Visit Safeway.com, download the Safeway for You app, or head in store to find more great deals at Safeway.